44 minutes past the hour, Texas Standard Time. Great to have you with us. We've all heard of West Nile virus, the disease spread through the bite of an infected mosquito, but it really became something all Texans started talking about in 2012. That year, the Department of State Health Services counted more than 1,800 confirmed human cases in Texas alone. 89 people died here. Many others suffered paralysis and other long-term effects. But what's happened since? Well, in our Spotlight on Health, Margaret Nicholas takes a look at how survivors of the 2012 outbreak are living with West Nile and how state officials and researchers are responding to the dangers today. West Nile virus made big headlines in Texas in 2012. But the truth is, it probably infects thousands of people here each year, even though the actual number of confirmed cases tends to be quite low. That's because an estimated 80% of those infected don't have any symptoms and never see a doctor. Others will become sick with flu-like symptoms and recover. But for a small number of people each year, West Nile causes permanent disability, paralysis, and death. In 2012, 68-year-old Chuck Yarling was an avid runner, biker, and swimmer who'd competed in more than 100 triathlons. In fact, he'd competed in one just weeks before he fainted in his apartment on an August afternoon. He awoke days later in a rehab hospital, a different man. And they explained what was going on. I could not move my legs. I was in a wheelchair. I found out later that my right ear was dead and lost hearing in my left ear. That was, being a musician all my life, that was kind of a shock. Yarling has worked hard to regain mobility and strength. He's back to biking and swimming, and even recently completed an event called an aquabike with some support. But he still has trouble balancing, and his goal to run again has remained elusive. If I don't run by the end of this year, I probably won't be able to. Six and a half years. Walter Mizell was also an avid runner before his encounter with an infected mosquito in 2012. He found out he was sick when his right leg gave out on him while traveling. Like Yarling, he had the neuroinvasive variety of West Nile, which affects the nervous system and brain. Once diagnosed, doctors told Mizell there was nothing to be done. From there on, it was just a matter of managing the pain and uh, dealing with the... Um loss of strength in, in my right side. I lost the nerves that propel the muscles in my right leg. And I had to, I had to relearn how to walk. It's meant that he too has had to give up running, though he does bike and walk. His work life also fell victim to West Nile. Mizell was a full-time attorney when he contracted the disease, but had to shut down his practice because his ability to manage stress was impaired by the virus. He says finding a support group of survivors helped him greatly in coping with the effects of the disease. So what I learned from the support group in Dallas was that it wasn't just me, that it was something that was a natural progression from that disease that made it difficult to manage stressful situations. Both men said they felt lucky to be alive, knowing that others who were infected that same summer died. West Nile has killed 167 people in Texas in the past decade. One of these was Central Texas teen Cody Hopkins. His grandmother, Rosalie Kibbe, 
told the state's task force on infectious disease preparedness and response, his death proves a big misconception about West Nile. I've heard people say, well, it's just an age-related disease. That's not true. Cody was 13 years old. He was healthy. He played football. He rode bulls. He was a very active, healthy, happy young man. 2018 has so far been fairly mild for West Nile in Texas, with 98 human cases reported as of last week and two fatalities. But once again, those numbers are far below the actual totals of people infected. We'll look into a few reasons why that is tomorrow on the Texas Standard. I'm Margaret Nicholas for the Texas Standard.